Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Everything good? You okay? Now, I was thinking, I kind of ask that every week, how are you? And I don't mean it to sound like uh, trite or um, unreal. I I genuinely want to ask how you are. I don't know how the devil are you has turned into some sort of catchphrase. I don't know if I like it anymore. I don't don't want it to sound sort of disingenuous. But I genuinely want to know. How are you? Because this is a two-way thing. You subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we talk. You listen. Uh, you respond. We have a good. I know we have a good relationship on social media. We always respond to you when we can, uh, and on the email too. So it's a two-way thing. Um, so how are you? Is everything good? This is Thursday. It's the podcast. I'm Craig Parkinson, and if you're asking or wondering. I'm very good. I'm a bit tired. Actually, I'm recording this intro um, very late on on a Wednesday night. And, uh, yeah, things have been a bit hectic since we announced that the good doctor, Jodie Whittaker, uh, is joining us today. Um, we're made up. We're thrilled that she's come on because she's brilliant and she's a top, top laugh. Um We'll get to that in a second. But look, I'm not going to do a massive long intro this week because I know all you want to do is get to the data. But you know, right, that we do this from uh, our own pockets and our hearts. But we have the Patreon site. I'm not going to plug it. You know what it is. But there's some special people that I really want to shout out because these people go above and beyond, they donate over $10 a month to the podcast. For the four free podcasts they get a month, they donate over $10. So listen up. Dancia King, you are a legend. Thank you. Emma Hobson, welcome. What you do makes everything worthwhile. Georgina Tripp, thank you. We love you. Big John Griffin, I do not want an arm wrestle contest with you because I know you'd win. Kevin Proctor, you've been there since the start. Bless you, man. Matthew Egan, welcome. Mo Mashati, you are new to the podcast, but you are a loyal listener and your responses on social media are much appreciated. Big Nev Pierce in Bristol. Come on, fella. He's listening to this. He's got his two-shot pod badge on. Have you got a two-shot pod badge? No? Work out how to get one. You want to be in the club. Judith McSpadden, bless your cotton socks. Adrian Troop, thank you, brother. Thank you, and also thanks for all your messages during Sean's podcast. Much appreciated. Peter Fletcher, bless you, my friend. Thank you. Sally Sanchez, my God, that is a great name. Svetlana Guziva, am I doing that right? Svetlana Guziva, thank you so much for the support. It means so much. Tara Mullock, come on. This is brilliant for you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Sara, Sara Figueredo, F- 
figure. We had this last time, Sara. Sara Figueredo. Figueredo? I hope I'm saying that right. And it's not uh, slightly offensive in any way, me doing that stupid accent. Um, so bless you. Thank you to all the massive patron super backers doing uh, what we do with no sponsors and, you know, no support means that this podcast is as much yours as it is ours because you help it. You help fund it. You help run it. Um, and the love and financial support does not go unnoticed. So I want to let you know that enough of this waffle, Craig. What are you doing? Get to Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker. Well, of course I can. I'm going to do that now. So how did this all happen? Well, I got an email from somebody from the BBC, and they... Uh, we're talking about the podcast. And I said, oh, well, that's very kind. Thanks very much. I don't really have people on who uh, asked to come on. Anyway, Jodie wants to come on. And I'm so pleased that she did because I'd never met her. Well, no, I say I'd never met her before. I had met her once, but it was very, very brief. And um to sit down with somebody for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it is, is a really big deal because it's a big conversation between two people. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm always worried when that happens, when uh, people come on. But it's it's exciting as well because, yeah, it's just exciting. Um, if you've done a podcast, you'll know. If you've had two-hour conversations with people, you'll know. I'm rambling. This is ridiculous. Get on with it, Craig. Get on with it. Okay, so we met up with Jodie uh, at the bunker in Soho, Maison Bateau, uh, Greek Street. Go get your cakes. Not a sponsor, but uh, they look after us. And, uh, yeah, we started off by talking about something that's very close to myself and Jodie's heart and stomach. Food. This is the Two Shot Podcast, episode 57, with Jodie Whittaker. Enjoy. I can eat it at the end as a reward. It's, a, it's, not, a, it's not an exam. <laughs> Do you never go for cream, jam? Clot of cream. Never it's go too, for... Oh, never, I, won't, I won't pick it. I'd eat a, it. You can do a Cornish vibe. No, I won't pick it. But if it was there, you'd eat it? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing that you could put in front of me that I wouldn't eat. Really? Unless it was... I would. I couldn't eat, like, a bug. I've tried that before. Like, when I went backpacking in Thailand, we ate bugs. And I... would Like, you know, in the street markets and yeah. stuff. And, I mean, I think I went, there! <laughs> that was it. But anything... Like, I, I love steak tartare, I yeah. love oysters, I'll eat anything new. I'll always try it. There'll be stuff I don't like, but I'll always try it. There isn't a texture or anything that I won't eat. I was talking about having squirrel the other day to my son because there was a squirrel crossing the road and I had to slow down not to kill it. Oh, um, yeah, have you seen Winter's Bone? Yeah. I think she skins one, don't she? Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'm not sure well, about no, that. I but I've had roasted squirrel. Have you? Uh, but uh, we went to... 
like, I said, oh, let's go here for my birthday. And it was just, it was just me and Sue. It was just very quiet. I don't really like birthday parties. I get a bit funny about birthdays crowds. full stop. I do, not, not crowds, just sort of uh, the pressure. Yeah. I was talking to Carl Pilkinson about surprise birthday parties the other week and going... I'm a control like, freak. I'd want to organise mine. Yeah, but because I, because I'm a control freak, I would want to make sure that everybody's having a good time, so therefore I wouldn't relax. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. So I just want. And then there was a squirrel on the menu, so I had roasted squirrel. I really Bold. liked it. Yeah, I think it's interesting that. It... Were it chewy? It was like the only thing. I could... It's like wild rabbit, so it's like yeah. deep, deep sort of intense flavour, but not like not a lot of meat on there. You want something else after it? Yeah. And it's funny before... So, a wasted meal. <laughs> no, because then I can go... Because, but then I can yeah. go, what's, oh, what's, I can one of the, what's one of the strangest things you've had? I said, well, I've had roasted squirrel. Have you? You've had roasted squirrel? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I've, I've uh, sea cucumber. I know... I, no, I've never had that. I, I was in uh, Rarotonga for Christmas when I was 18. I went backpacking for a year. And um, that's where I ended up for Christmas. And it was on Christmas Day, someone, like, cooked it. For, as part of like the meal on Christmas Day, and we were just it made a very funny email back to my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Better than what you cook. <laughs> You've had fermented egg. You know, like the a, one in the pub. No, like a no, that's a pickled oh, egg. Oh, pickled egg. No. You're from Yorkshire. You should know about pickled eggs. No, fermented eggs like it's like I think they like bury it and it goes black. No, I try it though. Would you? Oh, definitely. Have you ever had? Oh god, it's not a podcast about food, really. I know, but that's but, that'd be my dream. I'm going to start a podcast about food. You should. Are you a good cook? No, but I'm a very good eater. I'm, no, but I'm a very good person to cook for because I'm very gushy. So I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding? And I'm really emotional about it. The amount of times I've been in a restaurant and got really overwhelmed by how amazing something is, or if the... someone cooks at a dinner party, I'm just like, I can't believe you made that because I'm crap. What about if it's awful? Uh, Are you quite uh, polite and go? Um, oh, I just, yeah. yeah, I think I'm too polite. If it, if it, if it's off, uh, what's awful though? It'd have to be really bad, wouldn't it? The, yeah. There's always something you like. Yeah, just take the positive out of the meal. Yeah, we were talking actually before I met you outside, and we were talking about what destroys a breakfast. What does destroy a breakfast? I think tin boiled tin tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, I'd eat them, but I wouldn't pick them. I wouldn't eat them. I wouldn't eat anything on that plate because. A sea of tomato juice is the undercurrent to your sausage and your bacon and your soggy toast. So therefore, ruined, all ruined for me. Would you have ketchup? Yeah. Yeah, same here. People are sorry about that. No, but definitely have ketchup. But the ketchup can be placed in a certain part of the plate, so therefore you it's might not... Have a CD. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I just said I was a control freak. I'm talking about everything about my breakfast. That's why I'm one person that wants to cook. I'm not sure I like people cooking for me that much. Oh, really? Yeah, well, if I'm going to a restaurant, it's a different thing. How's your tea? Is that wrong? Yeah, it's all right. I'm trying to put it down quietly like I'm doing a radio play. It's all right. We'll just do this. <laughs> you know, like turning the page. Just do that. Thanks. I'm drinking a lovely cup of red bush tea. My favourite. <laughs> and maybe there's a scone on the table. <laughs> and a scone. Pronounced scone. Um, I see, or scone, I see if you're posh. Scone if you're Lancashire. Oh, is it? I thought scone was posh. No, oh, no, scone is part. Well, scone Sc- <laughs> is scone not. Scone is different. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm having that, so I'm trying to eat that as well. We were in, me and Griff were in Yorkshire last week. Doing we, this? Yeah. Because we travel everywhere. Um, a poet called J.B. Barrington. Cool. Is very funny. Um, very not safe for work, wasn't it? 
I mean, it was lots, lots of uh, stories and swearing. It's very funny. Yeah. And we were going through certain parts. We were in East or West Riding? We're in East Riding. East Riding. And the place was called, Griff, do you remember? Shipton Thorpe. Shipton Thorpe, right. And Griff went, only in Yorkshire would these places be called that. If you put that in Lancashire, it just wouldn't work. Shipton Thorpe. Shipton Thorpe. Do you know that's it? A, no, but it just sounds it's like where just, I'm from. I'm from Skelmanthorpe. Skelmanthorpe, exactly. <laughs> but it, oh, it's Skelmanthorpe, exactly. You would only get that yeah. there, wouldn't you? Yeah, our village is called Shat. Shat? It genuinely is. So, like, so the Shat taxi, there's like... <laughs> there isn't a Shat taxi. There is, and it picks... It, when he <laughs> told me my husband <laughs> from trade session when we first started dating, and he was like, I'm sorry, what is that? That's <laughs> like, a taxi, babe. Because, so back in... Uh, this is probably wrong. My brother's told me this. I'm blaming my brother if this is wrong. But basically, I think back in like the 1800s, there was a quarry, and the the, the thing that they did was shatter the slate. Right. So you were a shatterer. You were a shatter, and if you lived there, you were a shatter. So it's if I'm up north sometimes, I'm, and I'm at home. Someone say, "Oh, you shat last night, yeah?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Shat, <laughs> and I don't even hear it because no. I'm from Shat. Yeah. But when someone else goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> What? And there's lo- like things are named after it. There's like Shat Pizza. And is there a sh- I was going to say, is there a Shat like, There's like, pizza? well, it's a village. So it's like, but it's the, nick- it's the obvious nickname of the place. Yeah. And it's, you know, the village sign is Skelmanthorpe, but it is called Shat. Like to anyone local. Like, but local is in like a 10 mile radius. Like, because it's, you know, if you play cricket, like it's all cricket, isn't it? Yeah. So all local teams, it's like, oh, we're playing Shat this weekend. Yeah. But, to me, that doesn't sound weird. <laughs> no, but for outsiders who don't, it, yeah. it, the connotations are completely different. Yes, it is, yes. <laughs> How was it growing up there? It was brilliant. I was always... I've wanted to live in London my entire life. And I think... I have this weird thing where I think I was born with, like, itchy feet because my mum was... My mum and dad were brought up in neighbouring villages. So my dad's from the next village called Clayton West. My mum's from Cumberworth, which is, like, over the hill. Mm. So it's all, like, three-mile radius. Yeah. My mum always wanted to live away. And from being... What, out of Yorkshire? Yeah. Always from being, like, 15, 16, she kind of... She left school at 16, so she lived away. She lived in London. She lived in Denmark. She lived in Oxford. She did all this, and she's very... She was very nomadic, and then came back... Or... or already knew my dad, then they got together and had me and my brother. So my, I would say, like, there's my br- my dad and my brother who have always lived there, never moved away and love it, and there is me who loves it and will probably end up back there at some point. After, But yeah. I have to do what my mum did yeah. and do that. Because I've, I can remember going on a school trip to London when... I think we're at middle school, so we have a different school system. So it's like first, middle and high. So middle is year six to year eight. And I think we, we came down to London around there. And I remember going to Covent Garden and there was someone singing in the cafe, you know, the opera cafe. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to cry. I just thought it was the most amazing place I'd ever been. I've never seen anything like that. Well, yeah, that. because it's yeah. so busy. Yeah. There's everyone from everywhere. And there isn't that... In a Yorkshire village, no. it's not. A, it's not a criticism, but to me, it's like it's I, just... I, I, I just, I love, I love London so much. I love Yorkshire in hindsight because I had the most amazing upbringing. 
but I was spending that upbringing going, am I old enough yet? Am I old enough yet? Really? Can I drive? Can I drive? Can I leave now? Can I leave? And I left like the age that it, I was a- allowed to leave, but I only had, I suppose, the confidence and the desire to do it all because my childhood there had been so lovely and fun. So I'd had like, you know, I'd had a really great childhood so then going off was an adventure it wasn't I wasn't running away from something I was going to kind of come back and be able to go you never guess what because <laughs> you know <laughs> you'd, all, you'd always have that sense. though you'd always well, yeah, have the but not in, and also now I'm just like really jealous of all my friends who don't rent and you know have really amazing lifestyles in these like actual homes because <laughs> yeah. you don't live in London now no, do you? No, so no. it's like there is that about it and space and countryside and you know my my voice fits there more than it does here but it's weird to me now when people call you from Yorkshire aren't you and I'm like yeah but to me I, I'm, I live in like London is home yeah and it I obviously don't sound like it should be. <laughs> but no but you've done obviously done a lot of growing up in L- London yeah cause I because I came here well I came here when I was 20 um, so I basically I, I was brought up in my family home that I've lived in my entire life. I think we moved once when I was about three, so I can't remember it. My mum and dad, my brother. What did your mum and dad do? I think I accidentally once said in an interview when I was really young that my mum was a nurse, but she was a nurse in, like, the 70s. And so whenever there's an interview, her mother's a nurse. <laughs> I'm like, I won't dare put her on a ward now. I mean, I think it was about 1975. So, um, but I think at some point I've, like, said in an interview that another one, my dad was fuming, this really made me laugh. So he has his own business, and it's a... Um, it's a business for companies that supplies and fits protective film for kind of, you know, like skyscrapers and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and her dad runs a window shop. <laughs> I just like undermined his entire career. Not to suggest that is bad. It was just that my dad's career was this, you know, thing that built up and built up and built up and, and I just don't describe it very well. I also can't describe it as a grown-up. I can only describe it in a way that you were at school and someone said, what does your dad do? Yeah. He puts that sticky stuff on glass and he doesn't he do it. <laughs> He's never done it. I don't even know if his company do it. I just know it's something to do with that. I'm awful. And um, how many times do you get asked, though? Well, about- I get asked all the time, so I think I just yeah. go like... I tried to make myself sound really posh. I was like, he's a CEO. He's a CEO. And um, (laughs) and, um, my mum was a stay-at-home mum my entire childhood. And once we got to school age, she then started to work. She's always worked with children. So from being a nanny to, you know, paediatrics to all this, she's always wanted to work with children. So everything she's always done has been, you know, kind of child-minding and working at schools like Mm. as a... I think they call. I think they're now called TAs when she did it like an NTA, non-teaching assistant thing. Oh yeah, I don't know the terms, um, but yeah. So she's always done stuff like that. But it was, it was very much. I would come out of school very hyperactive and have a long walk home, going and Just was very lucky because I was listened to. I was, you know, I was in that position where someone was really interested in my random shit and smear on a page. <laughs> and I was going, frame it, Mum, frame it. And this she is, would. This is art. Yeah, yeah, this is art. Might be worth something now. Uh, <laughs> she she she's regretting my, that clear out. <laughs> she come around my house. It's just all of that. Yeah, I mean, 
It's just too painful to throw away. I can't but, throw that stuff away. I oh, love all that like, stuff. When my, this even, the, awful. even the shit ones. Even the crap, because also it's just an expression of something. But my, my dad's mum, when she passed away, I absolutely adored my, my grandma Greta. She, she was batty and ace, and she was from North Finchley, proper cockney. And even in her, like, days, at, like, you know, she's she, she died in her like mid eighties, I think. And but even right at the end, when she was very ill, she still did a full Cupid's bow lipstick. <sighs> but because she was a bit older, it get a bit wonky. And she did <laughs> lipstick crosses on her cheeks and rub them in, so she had like full. For, and she would have beehived for as long as possible if she could have done. But you know, but she still curled everything about her was. She was a landlady, so my dad was brought up in pub. So right. my. My dad's thing is, like, my grandparents... My grandparents randomly, my dad's parents, ran the pub at Bretton College right. in during the 70s. So sometimes I work with people and I'll, like, say, oh, where did you go? And they went to Bretton College. I was like, I bet you know my granddad's. <laughs> They're like, uh, your granddad were miserable. <laughs> I think you're a grumpy bugger. Your grandma were lovely. I never met him. So my grandma were just... And she were absolutely... Amazing. But when she died, this sounds awful in this context because we loved her and obviously cried, but me and my dad went through all the stuff absolutely pissing ourselves because she saved, like, I'd, like, cut some out and she'd write a full description. Jodie, age four and a half, and the day I did it and what it was supposed to be, and it was all saved. And I was like, oh, oh my God. And it was just, my dad was like, absolute crap. I mean, it's crap. <laughs> like, even at the time, there will have been a better one to keep. It will have been options. Yeah. Like, I could have done a whole, like, piece of art, and she kept, like, even the bits she were trying to put in the bin. Oh, bless so, her. So I think... I'm not from an acting family at all, but I'm from a family of enthusiasts. Yeah. So we we really we were really celebrated, probably to my detriment, because I have arrogance that it's just <laughs> it's not worthy of my talent. I think I can do things that I can't do. In what I was, way? What do you mean? Well, I, I bound into everything, going, yeah, yeah, I could do that. But then it's like... But what? That's not a negative? I don't think positive. it's a negative. Well, until you're bloody falling out of a plane and you're like, nope. I well, I wouldn't go to that extent. I'm wicked parachute jumper. I'm really competitive, but I'm also been told it's like, well, if you give it a go, you'll probably be able to do it. And but even if like, you can't, it's all right to fail because well, yeah. then you'll learn. But that's my... So that's that's essentially how I got into it because I was never told this, what I wanted to do wasn't a proper job or that I needed a, a real direction or I needed to have security, none of those things. It was, this is what I want to do. I want to be in Goonies. And oh, people are didn't. in Goonies, yeah. so it's obviously a job. It can because be done. there's grown-ups in it, so yeah. it's obviously not just for kids. <laughs> so if I can do that, I want to do that. And that was it. And, and so there was, was no decision. And that was supported like, at school. It was at... just, it wasn't a decision. It was just, I, I said, I've always... There was never a thing. I wasn't very good at a lot of subjects and I was really good in drama and I've got a big enough ego to need to be at the top of at least one class. Yeah. And I was only the top of one class. So, yeah. And I wasn't even the top. I was in a really great year. There were loads of us. and But that was the only thing I did. I didn't go out, out of school drama clubs. I didn't want to go to drama school at 18. I wanted to go backpacking for a year. I wanted to then work. And then I went at 20. But I had this plan from being really young. I was going to go backpacking at 18... I was gonna go. I was gonna come back. I was gonna apply to drama school, and I was gonna go at twenty, and that's what happened. And I'm a jammy little <laughs> shit. Have you ever read the man who has all the luck, the Arthur Miller play? No. 
I'd never read it because it was really unusual, but I auditioned for it and didn't get it. When I was coming out of trial school, Andy Buchan was the lead in that, actually. We right. talked about it afterwards. And that play scares me because I'm really jammy. And it's just a guy who's aware he's really lucky and then he starts to kind of jinx his own looks. He's so apparent. That's a terrible description. That's like, <laughs> if anyone's doing their GCSEs, do not <laughs> do this. But I think, I did audition it for it years ago. I think it's like, basically, you just, you kind of, you, you're your own fate. You provide, because you... You worry about being lucky that you then invite in the the bad things to happen, don't you? Yeah. Because do you worry about that? Notes. Well, I just yeah. I mean, well, no, because life then takes over. Is, well, life is up and down. Yeah. When you're an adult. Yeah. So so you do take the 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 shit and the good. So it's like there isn't it balances out enough to know you're not that jammy. But then we work. I wouldn't be sat here exactly. if I wasn't. A bit jammy. <laughs> well, you might have been. You don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do think I do think with those lot, there's a there's a lot of talent involved. But we know loads of really talented actors, yeah. and the opportunities aren't always there to them. And I do think there's so much. There is a lot of right time, right place. There's a lot of luck in loads. who you meet. There's things you can take credit for, and you absolutely should, and I do, <laughs> and rightly or wrongly take credit for things. But I do think there's that. There's, there is luck. Well, I read the other day, I was going through... Please talk for a little bit so I can have some skin. Yeah, no, I'll talk for a bit, don't worry. Thanks. No, not that people want to hear me talk. But because um, every when we put our episodes out, they always go out on a Thursday. And Good to know. This is a Friday. So yesterday, at the night time, I was always so going, going through... Is this going out next Thursday? No, go out, I don't know when it goes out. When... Oh, no, I do know when it goes out. But, right, cool. uh It's out now. We're listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> um... But someone had put on social media, I don't know if it was on our feed or something, and they said, uh, yeah, if you work really hard, then you create your look. Or words to that effect. And it was like going, well, if you work really hard, then you'll get the look. I know loads of people that work really hard really and they were absolutely brilliant. And they've got shit all look. Yeah. So it, that, and I was dying to... But the thing is, I never get onto anything because he ta- Griff tells me never to get into any sort of debate or anything on social media. Not on it for that reason. Because I just couldn't the thing hold is, back, I don't think. Because I was... I was on it for a bit and then I was advised to come off it a few years ago, I'll tell you. That's off great. Off air. Um, but we, when we, me and Griff started the podcast, we thought, well, how do we do it? We've got to do it by social media. And it's just a way of connecting. So I think if you're doing it from a business point of view, like which we are, it, it, it yeah. does work. But we don't get into any sort of uh, conflicts on it. But I did want to go, God, that you're sending out the wrong message there because yeah. the people I know, and the, I'm sure the people that you know, work so fucking hard, so hard and they never get a break well, at all. Well, yeah, and also it's just like, well, they'd have got it if they'd have gone up for it. Yeah. They didn't even get seen. Mm. So, like, I can I can, I can, pat my, I can, can be really proud of myself thinking, oh, I've gone into a room and I've got a job and I feel really proud of myself for being able to step up to the plate. But I've been put in the room in the first place. Exactly. So, so I'm already jammy because there's about, you know, however many of us that aren't even in that seven yeah. that get seen in the first place. Yeah. And I think it is weird, isn't it? I also find the one of the one like, yeah, made it. What does that mean? Well it's like it's like It's pe- so weird and it's like, yeah, yeah, you can make it too. Make it. Like life's long. Hold, hold off. Hold I off was, with your bold statements. I, I always <laughs> find people who like finish the scene when you're filming and and they'll they'll turn to somebody else and go, smashed it. <laughs> Oh, man. I have never worked with someone who 
woman who's done that. I can't wait. You're so lucky. I can't wait for that. Speak to Tony I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's that. But it's like, what do you, oh, I what do you mean? <laughs> You're, why are you... That's not your job to, to, to do that. Just... No, I know. Don't be self-congratulate. I just think it's... It's like, oh, don't run to the monitor. But there is a fine line, though, isn't there, of being, like, too British in kind of, like, never kind of ever feeling yeah. like... Because sometimes what I find out is when you really... You, you, you see someone on stage or you've seen a film or something and you go up to somebody, which I can very often do because I've got boundary issues and <laughs> things like that, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I thought you were absolutely amazing. And because we are built the way we are, mm. you don't always believe it in yourself, but then by, oh, I thought I was terrible in that. It's like, oh, let me think you were good. Yeah, don't also, say like, it. Because that's yeah. the difficulty then is, like, we, we do have this, there's a real fine line, isn't there, between going, yeah, 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 no, I, I think I'm really good in it. Well, then you're at the arrogance level. Well, yeah. And, but you don't want to be right at the other, other end of the end. spectrum of going, oh, really, I was yeah. terrible, I can't but, really do but this. But I think it's sad, isn't it, that we are in an industry where we very rarely can go, yeah, I think I did well in that. Without, I think without sense, because you just don't, do you? Because everything you watch, there's like um, however many million moments that you go, oh, I do. why did you pick that take? <laughs> yeah, but that's out of your oh, control, isn't oh, it? Oh, why did I do that in yeah. that take why to did give no them one, that option? Why did no one tell me? Uh, I'm not going to... my face look like that? Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that about my voice. Oh, God, do I really... that's why I never listen to these back. Oh, it would be weird if you did listen to him, Matt, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm eating, that's why my voice sounds weird. All right, don't worry. Still Your voice always sounds weird. <laughs> Without the scan. No, then. <laughs> How, did, what did you get, even though that was your plan, from the the gap year? Yeah. Gap year, is that what they call it? Yeah, well, it wore a gap. Yeah. And it were a year. <laughs> did you go by yourself? <laughs> yes, it were, it were a funny one. So I'd... I'd... I'd start... My mum knew that I'd started saving... That sounds hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to even get it off, Mike. They, they, they're like, they know it happens. It's fine. <laughs> my mum, my mum, listened to it. She went, "What was that noise in between?" I was just on the on the, the thing. <laughs> so it gets me through it. Gets you through the boredom yeah. of listening to me talk about myself. <laughs> never. I, that, that's the thing, though. Genuinely, it all says, I'm never bored doing I, this. I find I'm, it absolutely fascinating. I, I feel like I'm more alive doing this than possibly anything I've ever done. Oh, that's it. Because it's, it's, it is what it is. This can, if we went back twenty minutes now and go, all right, let's let's talk about that again. I, I can't tell you because it was in that moment, and yeah, that's yeah. what makes it pure. And it's a conversation. It's not like a Q and A or yeah. or it's some sort of journalist. It's not that. Yeah. It's 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 this, and you can't. And it does, even though there's a mic, it. it feels like a chat. Well, exactly. When yeah. That's, Whenever anybody says that, it's like the biggest compliment in the world because that's always what I wanted it to be, <laughs> you know? Anyway, let's get back. Where are we, Gabby? Oh, yeah, so... See, I told you, we can't remember two minutes, let alone 20. So my... Um, so I always had a, a job, like, from being probably 12 or 13. It was a big thing. My mum and dad really wanted us to have Saturday jobs, weekend yeah. jobs, you know, like washing up in a cafe, you know, to... Have a paper ex- round? You are. Do you have a paper round? No. I'm scared of dark. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> I wouldn't do it now. Absolutely no way. I also watched films I shouldn't have watched from a very young age, horror films that I'm just like, there's no way I'd be wandering straight. Did just... the, f- the first two films we watched at my house when my dad got the, the video player? Gone. The Deer Hunter. 
Why? A, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Awful, awful. On oh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger's the, the worst thing that can happen awful. In, to any 80s person. Do you know what I thought when I was really young? Even though I knew it was a horror film, I went, but that could happen in real life because somebody could go yeah. and kill children. What, yeah, but, <laughs> That's because I was oh, tra- fucking traumatised by it. But it is so... But, like, even now, though, because there are some films that... Like, The Babadook... Jesus that Christ. That was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I watched that at a, a stupid time of night. and But even that, I'm like, there's a boom. There's a clapper loader. <laughs> it's, it's gone out of focus. It's all Like, not on thing, but I just think they've had to go again for that take, because maybe the one before went out of focus. So I have to just continually think there's take a crowd of people of sat around, because I am a, I'm really... I'm, I'm lucky... Even though I'm in this job, I can sit and watch a film, and I don't. Judge. I can be in the film, right? Well, I'll judge it because I'm but, an asshole. But sometimes but you have I, to take can, yourself out of it if it's a horror film. I have to do that if it's a horror because I just need to kind of send them like the ridiculous overreaction of, like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but I can't do it if it's emotional. I can't do it like I've just gone. You know when it's teary, you just yeah. like, well, there could be a boom operator, whatever. They're all crying You've because got I me. am a mess. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so we had so we had to have like jobs when we were younger, and and which were really good and really fun. And as a very kind of sociable kid, I loved it. And but I started saving then, and so I started putting my pocket money aside for the plan for the yeah. But right. my dad didn't know that. My mum knew because she like set me up a little what are they called little uh, you know kids' bank accounts. Yeah, what? like a, like a little savers account out there when you're young, like mini remember. savers or something. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. They're like funny like. Wasn't the Nat West with the pigs, was it? No, it wasn't a pig one. Can't remember what bank. I'm not plugging a bank. Um, <laughs> right, we'll bleep that out. Yeah. Although, um, but those, yeah, so, those pigs are very expensive now. <laughs> we're not you can't get hold of them slipping on eBay. Yeah, 500-pound a piece, them pot pigs. <laughs> I might have one of them. Dig it out, kid. There's your... I collected uh, pigs. Really? Yeah, it was my collection when I was a kid. I bet I've got one of them. Hmm. I can't remember what it was called. But what I'd, I'd like, my mum used to put, like, what my wage aside or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, lucky, like, my mum and dad were comfortable. So we could we did, you know, nice stuff. So my pocket money were just for me to be frivolous and um, and do them on swaps with stickers, <laughs> WWF stickers. You weren't you were doing wrestling stickers. I absolutely loved it. And now, like, my godsons and nieces um, got into their match attack stickers and love, like, just... And I really remember that feeling of being like, oh, have you got The Undertaker? I want The Undertaker. I've already, oh, what, can I give you this one? I've got British Bulldog, I've got two British Bulldogs. You know, that no just, one wants two British Bulldogs. <laughs> like, so excited about my swapsies. And, um, but that was it. That was kind of as exciting as I got. And I wasn't cool, so I wanted into clothes or anything. I liked my music, but I just nicked, like, nicked my cassettes off my brother. But um, I had all these, like, jobs that I was saving. And then at 16 or 17... I said to my dad at 18, please, can I go backpacking for a year? Um, and, you know, basically just getting his head around that I'll want to go. And I was, I had a mate, Emma, who really wanted to come. Um, and the plan was that we were always going to go together. And he said, I think I was about 16, 17, and he said, right, if you start saving, I'll double whatever you save. And I'm like, okay. And I was like... <laughs> so me and my mum didn't tell him. So then, on my 18th birthday, I had to show him my bank statement. Like, the fucking hell are you at? What job you had? I was like, I've been saying since I was 13. <gasps> hey, hey. And they were just absolutely no devastated. Because he's a very, like, 
true to his he's a you know he's a he's a business he's a like 80s businessman so yeah. you shake hand it means it's it's, it's done it's deal but yeah. yeah so for him it was like he had to do it and he was absolutely devastated because i'd like i'd save man our our typical yorkshire i was putting it all aside <laughs> saving everything and um and so yeah so but about four or five weeks before we were going to go um emma um realised she probably practically couldn't come until the second half, so she came for the six, the six to 12 months. Right. So I just... I was fine, but I had to kind of have that conversation with my parents. I was like, I'm going by myself. <laughs> and so they dropped me off. I had my braces taken off about three weeks before. They dropped me off at Heathrow and, you know... I got it wrong queue. My dad was like, oh, yeah. how are you going to get round world? You can't even get to we'll dropping your bag again. off. You can't drop your bag off. Oh, your mum's going to be worried. That's all I kept saying. Your mum's going to be worried sick. And I'd look at him and be like, oh, mum. <laughs> your dad. <laughs> your dad is. And it were right. You know, it were before uh, mobile phones. Yeah. It was before, I didn't have a mobile phone. It was before, it wasn't before them, but it was before everyone owned them. Yeah. It was before... Uh, email I set up my email and made sure all my mates had an email and then they all went to uni so they got these so everyone got their uni email but that was the first time we'd had email addresses yeah. I had a phone card that I could reverse charge sometimes like once I really got into it like travelling and wasn't so homesick I rang maybe once every like two or three weeks they would always hear from me at least once a week but just to know yeah, but now, things. can you imagine? I mean, you just... And I thought I'd come up with this really amazing idea. I came up with Instagram. <laughs> right. And I was like... I can remember sitting and like chatting to some ran, random people that were probably bored at shitless of me because I was 18 and the first place I went was America. I wasn't allowed in a pub. I wasn't allowed anywhere. It was an amazing place and I loved it, but it was hard coming from working in a pub in Yorkshire mm. to then not even kind of being allowed in one. But, you know, so I was like, oh, okay, because this is me being an adult, like I've left home. So I, there was a lot of, like, sitting in coffee shops, but that was, the, you know, like coffee shops there was this culture and it was really safe. And it's an amazingly liberating thing, I think, to have for women, not now, but when they first started being the norm, because... Sitting in a bar is a very different thing. If you just want to, you know, sit in a bar yeah. by, with a drink by yourself, mm. reading, you, more than likely someone has more drinks and gets a bit more confident, you're going to have to talk to somebody. Yeah. Regardless of whether they recognise you or not, I just mean in general. But yeah. the brilliant thing about this kind of revolution of the coffee shop is just like that, you know, teenagers can go sit. Anyone of any age, like you can be sat next to people from all walks of life in a coffee shop. And when now we're travelling, you do have that thing where you just speak to people and you chat and you discover things. And, and you know, for me, it was... I, I went to internet cafes and stuff and kind of, like, got back in touch and did say, yeah, I am alive. But I I, I didn't have this, like, way of going, oh, I'm I'm in the world. And so I... Remember telling someone, I've got this really great idea. So you know in Beauty and the Beast, the mirror. So the Beast has this mirror, right? And then whatever he wants to look at, he says, you know, you tell the mirror and it shows you. I'm going to invent something that is like that so that wherever you are, everyone can see you. Mm. That's Instagram. I can't believe it. It is Instagram. I can't, I would just, because all I'd, I'd stand on a cliff and be in like Byron Bay and just, there's no cliffs in Byron Bay, but like, you know, you'd be stood on a beach or you'd be, 
you'd be make these amazing friends and you'd be stood like on air's rock and like I just want to text a picture but there's no texting pictures yeah. so it's not even a part of your mindset you just want to go I really want someone from home to see this but weirdly it's probably the most present I could have ever been because at 18 now I would be gadgeted up oh, to yeah. the nines. I'd yeah. have a GoPro. I'd have everything, and there'd be no th- there'd be nothing to come home and share because it would have been immediately shared. Old, yeah, and I might not see it because I might be watching it through something. And also, you see it in a different way, and well, when yeah. you look at it through that perspective, I can remember actually we got to the top of Airs Rock. So Emma had flown out at that point, so that was six months in. So she came to Australia, and we got up Airs Rock, and you're like pulling up these ropes. You know, as 18-year-olds, we were very unfit. And we got to the top. And as we got there, this Irish guy was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. We're like, isn't it beautiful? He went, no, I've got two bars. And he got this, like, <laughs> Nokia, you know, the the banana one. That yeah. He pulled out. He went, oh, I can't believe it. And he spent ages trying to ring someone and then didn't get through. But it was just this thing. And we were like, wow, he's got signal. Like, this, this thing was so exciting to us. But, like, now everyone up there would be going, beep, beep. Yeah. Babe, I'm on Earth. I'm on Earth. I'm on Earth. Have a look at that. Well, look at <laughs> Can you see that? Babe, I'm FaceTiming. I'm FaceTiming. Oh. I'll send you a WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it was it was ace, but I got a lot of compliments for going backpacking. Really, all I did was eat. I got, I, I chubbed up. I was really, I was such a little pudding when I got home. My brother has never laughed so much just when I got off the plane. Because, <laughs> like, they hadn't really seen me because I sent a few photos back and then as I started to really whack on the way, I didn't send the photos back. <laughs> and then I was like, I really hope I get some kind of, like, sickness in the last couple of weeks. And I did it. Come dysentery. Come on, dysentery. Come on, dysentery. Didn't get it. Absolutely fine. The stomach of a cow. And I got off and I was like, ah, yeah. And they were like, oh, all right. Good time. (laughs) Met a friend. (laughs) Have you eaten your friend? I was like, oh, no. It's just, you know, I've got water retention. (laughs) I've got water retention from the flight. It's a really long flight. But I came out with no tan. Nothing. Like, so I wore a T-shirt. I was so young, though. I was still, like, in the pool in a T-shirt because I didn't want to get burned. Oh. <laughs> I was such a kid. And, like, got back and, like... So then it was brilliant. But I basically... Everyone was like, oh, we're so proud of you, you know. I was like, I'm basically hungover. <laughs> so I'm just hungover. For a year. For a year. And I've eaten a lot of food. And it was brilliant. And But were you good in those first six months before... Um, Emma came out were you good at being by yourself even though you were talking to other people no and I'm not I'm not good at it now it's not it's something I want to develop as an adult I'm waiting to become grown up I'm not great at being by myself have time by yourself yeah I crave it and I have it and do all the things you shouldn't do like ring someone but you don't necessarily like it no like I think oh I just I just really want five minutes to myself I just I just need you know and then I have it like say you go in your trailer I mean, my door's never closed. It's always open, and then I bullet everyone into coming for lunch. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't, I, I cannot do that. But then at home, if I'm just like got five minutes to myself, <clears throat> it just, I have to be doing something to, I, I cannot just sit and be in my own company. But would I you... just don't think we get on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We, we have, have a lot of arguments. We have massive arguments. I just think sometimes. myself annoys me so much I just think I like I like doing stuff so I can be in the house if I'm like or I can be by myself but I need to be doing something like I've run I'm going to drop this in I've run a couple of marathons so that training 
were raced because if I've got really little ears and the thingies fall out, so I couldn't train with music. So I spent two trainings for the however many weeks, the 16 weeks you do it, doing like four-hour runs with no music and just me making up stories. Like I'd do this one that were ace that I had medicine. Like, like I was in like Lord of the Rings and I had to carry this medicine. And I'd just do that. And I'd be thinking, oh, I'm nearly there. Or, or someone's chasing me. Or like stuff like that. I just would make up stories. And that was the only time, and I messed up my ankle, so I'm, I can't do running anymore. But up until the, running was a time when I would go out and I would have... No phone, no nothing. But and I would clear just, focus. Yeah, but it was. But there was a beginning and an end, and yeah. I'm, I was slightly distracted because I was running. So there was, you know, every two seconds you're thinking about crossing the road or have I got enough water? Shall I go get my Lucas Ed spot? Yeah, or shall I just wait? When am I timing this <laughs> this drink drink stop? You know, just stuff like that. And the, but sitting and being comfortable in your skin or going to a cottage somewhere. But you're not one that goes. Oh, I'm just gonna take myself off to the pictures by myself and just... I love, yeah, I could do that. Right. I could sit in the cinema. But everything that has a time frame and everything that has... A, a, I like being an audience to summit. So if there's... If it's been at a gig... I've been to gigs by myself. Like, I, like I can... Producer Griff there, the only way he likes to go to gigs is by himself, isn't it? He loves going to gigs by himself. You've got that look and, about you. Yeah. You don't, look like, you don't look like someone to me who, when a big group of people stand right next to you, you're going to go, hey, guys, you're going to go... <laughs> it, it irks him. It yeah. irks him. Or people who sing along. I first time he's ever cut, spoken cut. on the podcast. I refer to him all cut the time. Tea. He never speaks. Sorry, I'm cutting deep. I'm cutting deep. <laughs> but I am that person that goes, I want to be as loud as a singer <laughs> throughout the entire gig. So proud of myself. I've even learned the B sides. There's no secret track coming from me. I'm a super fan, right? Yeah, here. yeah. So, yeah, so anything like that, but just the. I, everyone I meet goes, you really benefit from meditating. And so I know I would but be... So you would? Yes. Yeah. Like my personality, that kind of ping-pong brain and a million mile an hour. Do you feel you're like on a, all the time? Do you know, are you aware that you're on? Yeah. And because I don't really like the feeling of not. So I'm not very, like, I'm not very good at chilling out. So even, you know, on holiday... I was, right, should we do a make-believe story, right, guys? Come on. <laughs> and, like, every ten minutes, I can I can sit and read because I love reading. And that requires a focus and a stillness. But I'm immersed in something, so I'm not with myself. Yeah. Can you have other things on? Like, I can't have the radio on or any music if I'm reading. I have to no. just yeah, be... Yeah, I'm absolutely like that because yeah. I'm, I'm like... Because otherwise my <laughs> focus is lost. going, oh, yeah. I've just heard something on the radio there, or I've just heard that piece of music. Yeah, and, that's and also made me think about I'll put my phone else. on silent because mm. there's just no point. But, yeah, it's a funny one. It's like, it's a trait that's probably been, being a little sister, you've always had someone around. Mm. I've always been hanging, I've always been lucky. I've got groups of friends and I've got my girlfriends from growing up and um, a couple of lad mates that we grew up together and we're still friends and we still see each other. So I've, I, I am a very, I'm an ensemble person. I've always worked better in an ensemble, which is why it's the dream career for me because yeah. it's all, because of that thing. And that's why I don't necessarily have any interest in the, 
in the the singularness of it. Sometimes, like in the, you know, especially on this job, if I'm doing a job like Doctor Who, the show is named after the character you're playing, but it's the most ensemble piece I've ever done in so many ways because of all the other extra departments I've never worked with. I've never worked really with that many prosthetics and SFX and VFX and all those things. And I think the myth, isn't it, is that if you're the lead in something, you're, it's like a singular achievement. Yeah, and some, and, or sometimes it can be quite lonely. Well, yeah, yeah, but on this, it's a massive group thing, but every job that I've really been in has always been like that. It's been sometimes like one-on-one, you know, like with something like Venus, it was like duologues. Yeah. But it's always the crew or it's always the stage management or, you know, whoever. It's always everyone else, and I love the fact that I've got a very flitty brain, so I love the fact that you can be sat chatting here, but then, you know, someone from makeup who's hilarious has rocked up, so you've got, like, your 15-minute chat there, or that everything everything is a new direction all the time. And I think if that doesn't suit your personality, I think this industry is quite hard often for people because it, it requires a lot of you, whereas I think I... I cannot, I struggle to go to the other thing, which is like the quiet times, which and as necessary because I can't sit still. And so I love the craziness of the work and I don't burn out from it because that's where I'm kind of more comfortable in a, in a group. Like yeah. my group of mates being all with my family, all like sat one-on-one chatting, but certainly not, I'm just going to take myself away. I just, I'm not that person. Unless I'm like, I really don't know my lines. <laughs> I'll be 10 minutes. I've got a really long word that I've never, ever seen before. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Is this made up? Oh, no, it's an actual term. Brilliant. I feel really So how did you cope with that six months then when you were away? Hiya, I'm Jodie. Where are you from? Oh, yeah. Hiya. Where are you going? Oh, yeah, no. I'm not I'm doing it today. There. Yeah, I'm not doing it today. Okay, brilliant, thanks. I just did like loads of stuff like that. Like I met, uh, I met groups and you end up travelling. There's loads of people as well from all over the world. Mm. There, was, there, was, there wasn't a lot of 18-year-olds, I have to say. Um, un- it was interesting. There weren't a lot of 18-year-olds who had a similar upbringing to me from the UK that were travelling at that time. I think it was... It, it, it was a very... It, I, I met a lot of people who'd had... Um, in, in not a criticism to mine or a criticism to them, but I was through state school and stuff like that. There wasn't many people at that time travelling who were 18 and, like, gone through state school. There yeah. were a lot of um, private school kids travelling in doing, like, the kind of gap year before they were going to their uni places. As in that's their right of passage, that's, well, that's yeah, always yeah. what they do. Well, yeah, yeah but, I know what but, you mean. But, and, it, and so a lot, I met loads of people my age like that, but was I always was quite surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, it, it's not like I bumped into anyone from Leeds that's like, you know, like, oh, yeah, doing the same thing. You'd meet 21-year-olds or 25-year-olds or people that were just doing it a bit later, but 18, me and Emma were kind of a bit unusual for that. But that's just because... You know, I was really lucky. Like, my mum my and dad bought my, my ticket. You know, like, I'd saved, but I had a lot of help because yeah. I could. And it, it, it that at that time, the world wasn't as small. You know, it's 18 years ago, so it's it's still very much like the ticket is terrifying. Whereas now, like, plane tickets are really expensive, but actually, weirdly, like, you can... You look at, say, like, flying from LA to New York, and you could get that for, like, $100. Yeah. You know, whereas... 
these tickets were like like finding the gold in the chocolate bar, mm. you know. So I'd just meet people and chat and met people from all over the world, but then also just loads of Brits, which is just hilarious. And you ended up, you know, you'd hire a van. We had a lot of four, five of us hired a van around New Zealand and drove around New Zealand. Like, and and then I got to Australia and my sister-in-law came out oh, and Emma came out and then my sister-in-law stayed for like four weeks and went home and Emma stayed then for the next six months. And we did Australia and Southeast Asia. So I'd done all the kind of, I did, I did America, Rarotonga, New Zealand, and then with someone like permanently did yeah. Australia and Southeast Asia. And it was incredible. And at the time, I don't think I really was aware how incredible it was, but it, I've, always been confident in an alien environment to excuse the pun but um and that's probably because you just have to be when you're on an amtrak at four o'clock in the morning by yourself and you've got to stay awake because you need to get off at the right stop and if you don't it's actually quite a disaster you know like it in like dad mom you know it's like you've got to have that kind of awareness i think it made me very independent in the right age because I then was about to move down to London. Most, you, do you feel you're more independent after that year? Cause you, yeah. You, right. Because because it's like a it's like a bandage pull because it's not like going to uni. It's a year abroad. Yeah. So it's not, it's not any less, it's not harder or not as hard or whatever. I wonder what's going on. Someone's having the Friday Big Shop down the uh, street. Oh, uh, stream of scum, it's noisy. Um... It was more like, it wasn't like you could come home at weekend if you're a bit overwhelmed yeah. or homesick. I was so homesick in the first week that I um, sat in bookshops reading England, Lonely Planet. Did you? Yeah, reading, reading like all about Yorkshire. Did in, that not in, exacerbate the situation? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean a, a schoolgirl error. Yeah. Like, absolutely, yeah. So I just, um, but then, you know, you get used to it and you have these experiences that, are amazing and you know you wouldn't be getting. So, and then I just had this kind of confidence of if I turn up at a bus station and everything is in a different language and I don't speak any other language, um, I can I can attempt to work it out yeah. because you, you kind of have to, whereas now there is so many people you can rely on to get you through things. And I think also with our job, if you go anywhere, you chaperoned and all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, no, I'm all right. Yeah. You, know, you sometimes have to remind people, like, oh, no, I'm 36, I'll be right. <laughs> I can check in. <laughs> you know, everyone's been lovely and helping you, but you're like, no, honestly, I will make it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit in the gate and miss the flight to where, wherever we're filming. Yeah. I will make it. Yeah. But, you know, it's not travelling and flying and being away from home in for every kit. And being forced to do it would have been a disaster on a personality, but but craving it and doing it was... And also because it was always part of your plan. It was part of my plan, and then I got back, and then I got a couple of jobs straight away, and I saved for a year because I was going to go to drama school, and I did. So you saved for another year. So then I got back at 19, I worked in a pub and a residential home for elderly, and I worked for a year, and then, that sum- and then started auditioning for drama school in January, and I got in in May. So then I knew that I would go in September. So then that summer, me and my life is back home. My girlfriends who were, had not 
done gap years had done like going to uni. Yeah. We went to Indonesia for six weeks. Like so we'd all like saved and said, Right, this is it. Like we're gonna be growing up soon. It's so funny, isn't it? Like twenty, because they were about to, they were going into their like last year, whereas I was obviously starting. Oh no, they were going into their second year, and I was going into my first year. But still, it's like the end in sight. Because when you graduate, that's it. We can't have these fun times. It's all gonna change. It's all gonna change. We're gonna be so grown up. <laughs> so we just like went to Indonesia. So um, I've done a lot of travelling for a very young age. Yeah. So I've been spoiled. And then we work, you get to go to cool places, don't you? I know. Best bit. That and well, meeting people. I was Best talking bit. to somebody about it the other day, going, yeah, and I mean, I never fancied going to that place, but doing what we do, we go, oh, my God, I get to go there. And I go, well, I'm I going there because it's part of the job, but I'm not that. Belfast. Exactly. How is Belfast? Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I did a film there. I love it. I absolutely love it. Been some really good gigs there. Just just brilliant. And the people. But it, it wasn't like I didn't want to go. I just had never been. And there'd been, never been an event to take me there. And then yeah. I got there and was there for six weeks and had an incredible time. I like going to Dorset for Broadchurch. I was like, are these cliffs real? <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> Why is no one talking about these cliffs? Like, I've never heard of them. Like, I felt like there'd been some, like, national secret about these bloody cliffs. I was like, I can't believe that we've got a Jurassic Coast and I've never heard of it. And that's just because you've had a terrible education. <laughs> oh, all right. It's not some secret. But, you know, stuff like that, or really lucky, you go, you know, into an entirely new culture and everything. Yeah. Well, that was me when I went to India. And I never planned. What were you working or travelling? Working. Go on, I'm being really done. What did you do? Just play. Oh, cool. I know, but it's oh. complicity, so they get oh. they have they have oh, to look at you. They have to do that tour because that's how they make the money. No, that's amazing. Because though. over here, they're, they're kind of revered, but they're so they're, they're, they're queuing around the block, like you know, around the world. Yeah. Um, oh, I, went, I bet that was incredible. It was amazing, but I was never. It, no, India was never really on my list. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't on know. Everyone's list. But then when I went there, I just completely fell in love. Bangs Mike. Completely fell in love with it. Yeah. And and the culture. And because we moved around to different places in India, I thought. And that was a point when I went. I was. I know. I was quite young, and I went. How lucky. Yeah. How lucky are we that we get this. Yeah, I know. We get that opportunity. I can get to do something what I love and yeah. also get to experience this. I know. And this can only enrich my life. We filmed in South Africa for um, on Doctor Who and it, we ended up in these locations that you as a tourist just wouldn't go because why would you know about them? Yeah. And these location scouts had found these extraordinary landscapes and you just stood there like, how... How are we doing this? Like, we're all grown-ups. This is the thing for kids who, you know, for dreaming and and wishing. And we're here now, and it's really warm, and it was January, so we, yeah. knew, we knew we were got it good because everyone else has got Freezing. flu. Um, and the sun was actually out. It was beautiful weather, but in, like, like of like a, a kind of landscape that I can, you can't even describe because it's just so beautiful and epic. And I think... That is the thing about filming that you sometimes don't get when you go on holiday or when you go backpacking is that the off the beaten track is hard if you are not very self-sufficient because, you know, you fall down and you hurt your leg on a cliff or something like, you know, you can put yourself in danger. Whereas obviously when you're filming but you're off the beaten track, all these other people are putting all this hard work to make a road really easy for you to get to. So by the time you rock up, it's just you only get the joy of it. Yeah. 
and it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, I, I don't, it's not like you can't moan, because there are some bits to work and to everybody's job in any field and everyone's life that you're just like, oh, fucking hell, oh, are you kidding? But Yeah, because everybody has bad days. Everyone has bad days, and there's also, <clears throat> there's downsides to everything, but I have to say, like, we are so jammy, aren't we? It yeah. is ace. When you are lucky enough to be working, it is ace for stuff like that, for going to places and to have these experiences that are so short and they're just banked. But so intense. They're so intense. They're with people that you might not ever see again, but you can bank them and they're there for you and for life and for when we're all doddery in our little nana homes, <laughs> monologuing at some poor girl. I know you don't know this, but... <laughs> there was this time. I worked first girl doctor. <laughs> but isn't it funny because you were saying about... God, you feel like a kid and you're there and you're in this place and you're playing. But that's how we started. I know. Just dressing up and wanting to play. Yeah. So we can, can't lose that. Because if we lose that, it all becomes a bit too serious and something else takes over. I know, and it, and it becomes also gets a bit self-conscious or a bit... Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's like when, you know, like this whole thing now of, like, learning through play. It's like, well... I could have told you that. I wish I wish that ethos had been around when I was younger. Yeah. Because, like, of course, if you give me a cup of tea, if I drink the cup of tea, I can tell you much more about it than if I looked at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's so obvious. Yeah. But, it, but I think, had I not been supported in my decision to go into acting, I have no idea what I would have done because I had no other skills. Like, I not academic in any way. So in no. school, the way school was taught when I was younger, which is that I talk, you listen, and somehow, somewhere, some bit's going to go in. Yeah. Then that did, no, <laughs> it did You have that photocopied sheet that I've yeah, just been yeah. to the staff room for, read yeah. that, stick it in your book. Yeah, why don't you just highlight the bit you want me to learn? <laughs> yeah, just tell me. Just tell me the bit you want me to learn. But yeah, so it just, and... And so then on this, it's like a continual education, isn't it? Because it's like that thing, I've got a real chip on my shoulder and I'm always like, oh, I'm not very bright. But I am bright, I'm just not academic. But it's completely so it's, different, It yeah. is completely different, but it, but you don't know that when you're younger, do you? But also, I suppose when you're younger, you can't even hold your hand up and go, no, I'm actually, I'm not ac- academic. It, it does make you feel, it certainly made me feel stupid. I would never put my hand up in a class for, no. for fear of getting something wrong and then when yeah. someone shouted it out and I went oh no I didn't know that answer yeah. so maybe I'm not as stupid as what I thought was good. yeah but then you put a play in my hand and then I can do something else yeah then, but you don't you don't have that um awareness or confidence I suppose yeah. when you're that young do you I think as well what I miss as well with work because I've I'm done a play for ages and the thing that's so brilliant about theatre is in rehearsal you can like, the aim sometimes in a whole rehearsal room is to do it wrong. It's yeah. to just try something that might not work. But it's hard, isn't it, with filming? And particularly the stuff we film, which is quick. Well, it is, because you've got, got to the catch, time. You've got to get it. You've got to... You. I'm really technically... I'm really technical now in the sense of I kind of... I know my window of getting it right, so I've got to get there quick. Yeah. Whereas now, if because I've done a play since 2012, and it is that thing of relearning how to not try and get it right straight away. Like, because what's the point? Like, you've got... Because it might be right for that one time, but yeah. try something else. Yeah. It's hard to retrain your brain out of that when you've done filming a lot. But it's proper different, though, isn't it? It's yeah. right... Because I went for a theatre audition for the first time in 
donkeys, like, a long, long time. Yeah. And it was only afterwards that I went, oh, God, I just treated that like I was going in for... Did you learn it? No. No, because you don't, do you? No. And that makes me nervous not learning it, because I'm so used to having to learn my sides. Yeah. And, like, learning for a screen audition. But I was going, oh, no, I want to make sure that I'm not too married to anything and I can just sort of make sure I play about with it, even though I've made these decisions. And then something happened and it just kind of really threw me. And then I went afterwards, I'm kind of treating it like it's a completely different process. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? you've got to retrain that as well. But that is the thing about time, though. You know, when you're filming and if it's really intense and it's not just you maybe there's like loads of different departments going off at the same oh, yeah. time and you know you've got to get and that. the sun's going down and you're going right come on now <laughs> i know or you're on someone's child hours and you're about oh, to lose God. like half your cast yeah. it? i know i know it's my it's 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 kind of it's frustrating isn't it being always at the mercy of the job opportunities you're given sometimes because mm. it is like we are really creative people and and but we I I certainly don't create my own work in that sense like I don't write I don't I haven't directed anything you doing this must be such a massive outlet because it's it's under your time frame it's your space and it's it's within your rhythm and sometimes like we have to just adjust everything about ourselves to like shoehorn into whatever you're going on to which is brilliant and yeah. and, and means n- nothing's boring ever but it can be a bit i don't know what's the word it like leaves you slightly hanging out to dry sometimes doesn't it because you don't quite know it's like you're floating you never quite should you feel that that uh we all have that lack of control well yeah it's like a like i'm a huge control freak but to a certain extent, but then I'm not because you can't be in this job. Yeah, you just, because you, it's impo- you don't know what well, you're doing next it, week. I know, so it's impossible. Yeah, it's impo- also impossible to know if they're going to use that take from that if you're filming. Oh, yeah. you also, go, but oh. also, I have to say, like, I'm not really aware. I don't really. I never watch it back unless I ha- unless no. it's suggested that I should because of you know technical maybe re- yeah like if you're filming like technical yeah. reasons yeah no I would never watch anything back. I was talking to somebody <clears throat> not so long ago. And they were much, much younger, and I'd only been doing it a few years, full of full of confidence, like mass confidence. Not arrogance, no. but, like, super, super confident. Um, and I would never be like that now, let alone back then. But would leg it round to the, the monitor after every take to watch. Now, I find that really unhealthy. I Yeah, I couldn't do it just because for my own sake, I just think... But doesn't it become something else then? Be, do, uh, what are you looking for? Well, because you're not, like you say, you're not going to edit it. Also, everything always... It's like that ain't... It's going to be cut into somebody, like... And there's going to be a soundtrack and it's going to be great. I can't watch stuff that's in the um, in the mix either. Like No, because it's too raw. Yeah, like obviously with ADR and things, you, you've got to, but I really have to kind of zone out to watching it because... It, it can devastate me sometimes. And yeah. then you see it and you're like, oh, it's amazing. That's completely different to what, yeah. yeah. And also you forget, like, there's someone else in the scene <laughs> who's it's probably going to be on them. Yeah. And it should be. Yeah. Like, it's what they're doing is a bolder choice <laughs> than this weird thing that I've decided and I've stuck with, <laughs> that I've committed to. But also, like, I've worked, I think there's been, I've worked with a few directors that I think would have said, not to do that as well. I think some people would be like, don't keep watching the monitor. Yeah. But like, I for think... some people, like, they'd be a bit... Because also for playbacks, 
I think most got, of like, Apple Load has got a lot to do, don't worry, I always be on press and no, rewind. I know, exactly. What? <laughs> got, he's getting his lenses. What she's, does it she's become She's running then? around trying to, like, carry kit. Like, yeah. it's hard, like... And they've been here a lot longer than you have. Yeah. Does it become... Is it a vanity thing? I, I, don't, I don't know, though, don't know. because for some people it, it, it's a benefit to them. I think that's the thing. It's so individual, isn't it? I ain't got a clue. I, I ain't know, got a way again, of work. I, go, I, don't, I think I must have a way of working, but then I wouldn't know what my way of working is. What do you mean? Well, you know, like, some people, like, have things they do yeah like i have my like few little things that i do but i don't have like if, if a director comes in if, if particularly on something like broad church or doctor who where you are playing the character and a director comes into it mm. rather than you starting with that director from the start and so you've you've maybe decided certain things about your character or whatever i still am like if if i'm directed in a, di- a completely different way i'm i or, or in a, they want to try a different way of rehearsing or something like that, I'm absolutely fine because I don't think I have this very set way that it has to go. But that might be really naive. I probably do have loads of habits. But were you t- are you, do you mean that you're much more... I just think I like change all the time, mate. So I like much more instinctive than cerebral. intellectual. Oh my god, a hundred percent. Which yeah. has been which has been a really interesting way into this part because it's it's one of the most intelligent characters anyone could ever play. Yeah, with with a hindsight that you can't even imagine, and also an optimism and a, an ability to continue to learn that's that isn't. It isn't very British in that in that kind of, you know, like in, not to say human, but you know, like with as adults here we go. Uh, you you inevitably life affects you, so you go well. That'll never happen, will it? Or well, that'll happen. You know, you have a predestined judgment that you can't you can't not. I can't speak for everyone, but I certainly will be a bit more jaded than the child version of myself. Whereas this character is continually discovering new things all the time and allows that new thing to be taken in and processed and not to bring previous judgment to that new scenario, which is hard as a human trait. We do that because that's survival as well. Yeah, of of course. But my non-cerebral way in, even though it can be kind of very... I, I suppose the language can certainly be very intellectual in that sense. It's just is to still make them all pictures. So everything, if everything is is an image, and if everything is me within that image or the people I'm with within that image, I can I can understand exactly what I'm saying or I'm doing, and and I'll still listen because you might move in a way right. that you did before. So the picture's continually changing. Yeah. It's like if I get a word or the name of a planet or something that is brand new to me and is brand new to the show, and, and to possibly so then anybody, it has to. I have to basically give it its own film in my head, right? And everything to do with that has its own colours and everything, so that every word associated with that has a picture. I so I think I just I'm more like a kid's picture book in the way my brain works than a dictionary. So it's that everything is images and then whatever happens in that. So if like some 
if you run in and start saying something or on the next take you don't quite do it like that the picture's changing but it, it it's not it doesn't throw me because you're still within the picture. Yeah. That doesn't work any sense. No, it does make sense. I'm totally hard. with you. Because I'm not, I, I'm not I, because I can't, from there. I'm, I'm not. I'm from, I'm from, I'm from, I'm from like, more. I think it, I'm if, like there, me. We're just, like if the it, top it's of a the, podcast, so you can't, I was pointing at my head and Jodie was pointing at a chest. No, you pointing, said you're oh, not your head. Not, Neither of us are head. You're your gut. And I said I'm sort of gut. And I'm like my chest, more like kind of like that rising. From esophagus downwards. Yeah. So it's like that. But, Has it always been like that? Yeah, but I don't think I've ever had to think about it before. I've already did this job because most roles have always been kind of heavily emotional. Or, yeah. So I've never really thought about it because it, it was a fear for me of my way in. I just thought, am I going to be able to play this role because it requires this other part of my brain that I don't use? Was <laughs> so, that ever a worry? Like a serious yeah, worry? Yeah, but I think it's a worry with any job, isn't it? But on this, I was just really nervous of... Was I going to be able to do the the was I was I going to be able to sound like I inhabited every word that I said in in the sense of did could I could I bring alive all this science and time and metaphor and yeah. all these things because I'm generally the one in in the show that maybe describes it. So, right. Okay. So it was that because I've never that's never been required of me before. Usually I'm going, why don't you love me anymore? Oh, <laughs> please tell me this is not more horrific bad news. <laughs> Those are usually my roles. So, so that's all that was the worry is. I suppose it's like the gobbledygook stuff. Yeah. It's all that. But it's also like you know, and um, it's like that. Another thing you can't say: rubbing your tummy and patting your head. Yeah. It's that a lot of the time because you can be saying one thing but doing something else, and everyone else in the scene is talking about something completely different, and the doctor just has this completely individual journey yeah. a lot of the time that's very much a part of an ensemble, but that re- requires a different part of me as an actor than I've had to do before. And would, did that come easily? Do you think? Well, it's it's no but i don't think this job would come e- i do i just don't think there's certain jobs in there that you do that that come easy and there's certain ones that don't and this this it, it doesn't not come easy cuz there's got to be a certain part of it that's so that, much fun that it's come so, easy there's but, so, but the, the energy of it really comes easy i love the bouncing from topic to topic and the kind of energy that's required to drive through scenes or through the story and but but it's it's rewardingly hard because every night you go home and 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 the next day is your big day as well. And yeah. that's the bit I'm not used to. So I'm I'm used to having like what that every day is a big day. Well, yeah, I'm used to like going in and it being like oh, so Monday and Tuesday are pretty light. I'm not in on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is a big day. Yeah. But this every day is the big day, and and for nine months that's quite. Yeah, I, but I've never played that before, so I've never done that. for anybody, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I, I'm sure it happens to loads of people a lot, but it's just never happened to me. So I think that was the thing that was overwhelming, was, was I going to always be on top of the lines, essentially? The lines are the hardest thing apart for it, is learning them and learning them so much so that you can do all the other stuff, which is like the, the, the props yeah. as well, and enjoy it. But I have to, it's a it's an ace. It's really is. And so you were enjoying it, but you were still sort of juggling at the same time. Well, yeah, you're juggling all the time and you're kind of like spinning plates, but but it's brilliant in it for that because for every job you do, you know, like for you, they can't really be compared. No job is like 
better than the other, but every job is different. But yeah. while you're in every job, you think it's better than every job you've ever done. Yeah. You always think that. And I think I'm very much in that bubble. But it's just because it's like no other for me. I've never done all like this, and it's it's so much fun. And I think I've probably for like 10, 15 years always played parts that are very... Not always, but quite heavily emotional. Yeah. And I, I'm not method, so I don't stay in character in between scenes and takes. But you have an energy throughout a day if you pretty much know that most of your scenes are kind of blah. Mm. Um, and it kind of like you don't really realise how much it can kind of spill out into life. Yeah. So then, like now, playing someone who's really hopeful and positive and energised. Ah, oh, bloody hell! I'm bounding all over the weekend. Like, oh, yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? Should we do this? I, it's like. All, my WhatsApps have like gone down from like four minutes of oh, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe that I'm absolutely knackered, and you never guess what's happened. Rather moaning minute, no, 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 bye, like that. And so I just think you just don't realise how much it it runs into everything mm. always. But that's you know that's a, a good thing it's as well. A positive thing. Yeah, it's a yeah, really good thing. Absolutely. It's a really good thing in the other sense as well because it means that it matters. You can't phone in. You know, it's like you can't just do a scene and phone it in. No. Because someone, even if you haven't lived through it, someone else has. But you strike me that somebody, whether you were playing Doctor Who or, or someone, you always care. You seem to... Yeah, I do I really would have ca- thought you really, really care, care about also, what I'm you not, do. I'm not technical enough to... I'm not very technical. So it's like when things like people make me laugh about, you know, in what like way? crying and stuff. Yeah. Go on then, cry. Can you cry? Can you? you know, stuff like that. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I can't cry unless I'm upset. So sometimes in scripts, and obviously very often for lasses, it'll say burst into tears. What? Why? Why yeah. am I bursting into tears? Yeah. I'm, I don't understand. I will if it's upsetting. And then it's like in the moment, it's like, oh, I think she'd be more emotional. Well, she ain't. <laughs> so, yeah, and she's emotional. Yeah. So it in, But sometimes when I'm not supposed to have been quite, I think there was a scene towards the end of episode one of Broadchurch, and it said like one of the lines was... And we shot it quite late on as well, but it was like, I don't know what's wrong. It's like I'm I'm numb. I can't seem to process it and cry. Something like that, I can't seem to cry because I don't know what, if I Sorry, these were the it. lines? The lines were in a later scene in episode one. Right. We shot all the early stuff, like of them discovering the body of Danny on the beach, like day one. Right. So I was being told by the police. Ah, absolutely lost. Like I couldn't... I... I, I, I I think maybe I was I was supposed to be numb and in shock and all those kind of things that are very real for people. Um, but just the minute I saw blue lights flashing, I'd absolutely gone. I'd, I'd completely gone and they hadn't even turned over because the, the camera, like, there was like, it were uh, handheld and it were at the door, so it followed Andy from door getting David and Olivia and walking in. And that was day one of the entire like five-month thing and coming in and back time... Like cameras got to us, I, I just absolutely lost it. And like I, you know, and little she she's not a little girl now, but um, Charlie who plays a daughter in it, mm. just like these big eyes like looking at me and Andy, like just in the sense of just loads of grown ups crying. Yeah. And then Olivia were nagging her eyes, you know, as the police detective were like nagging her eyes, at, and you just mm-hmm. it's funny because it's like it it ain't real for any of us. We go home and it ain't real at all, but the crying. Is because we're upset. Yeah. In like, 
think one of you burst into tears now. It's like, oh, I'm not that person. Yeah. If it ain't upsetting, I'm not going to cry. But if it is upsetting, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be, I, I can't like. And it might take me of, a bit of time to get it back. Well, I can't kind of, yeah, I can't kind yeah. of, I'm really crap at like then coming back. And you know, particularly when work, when you've had maybe the start of the scene is, is positive to the end. And so then when it's like, oh, reset and you're like, okay. <laughs> Like, give me a few minutes. Yeah, just yeah. give me a few. Yeah, yeah. I definitely were like a couple of them in like Black Mirror. I think that I was just like, wow, surely my eyes are just fat now and bright red. Yeah, I can't and see. Like, yeah, I can't see all. Nothing. I, I've even got a I rash. Can't see, yeah, I've got a massive rash all down my cheeks. <laughs> all this red stuff. Oh, you know, and it's just, but it's just like to me, I'm just like, well, you know, just funny questions of. What do you find hard or whatever? The weirdest thing for me is like I find laughing really hard because when stuff ain't funny, how hard is it to fake laugh? And also, you know your fake <laughs> laughing, and it's I can't even you sound oh, it's awful. like a fake laugh. It's awful, but that's the only time really when you have to kind of phone it in the actual thing in it because like if you're upset, generally what you're filming is upsetting, so you can be upset. But like if you've and if got not, to you can find, kind of think of you can think of summer like go down. Life, life's been yeah. brutal enough in certain moments to yeah. go there, but. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, oh, uh, yeah, just they all laugh at that. Oh, my God. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I did a thing in America, like an American show that we shot in Lithuania, and there was all Brits, and there was one American in our team, and we were an ensemble of, like, CIA agents. And something really positive happened, and he went, yeah, like that. And he, cause he was like, no, and as the only American was like, you cannot respond like that. We all went... Well, <laughs> like, like I went, like clapped or something. He went, no, 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 no. And my, you know, half my family are American, so I know that it's like really positive and expressive and wonderful, like affirming emotion in that yeah. sense of like if they feel it, they say it, and they, you know, it's a huge sweeping statement. But like, you know, like if it's like excitement, it's like yeah, you know, like have you ever been to a comedy gig there? What? I mean, they get clapped all the time. What, in America? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to one in New York. Oh, my God, everyone's like, woo! I'm like, oh, my God, they'd be getting... I can't... But I'd, I'd, I could probably do... I, I was like, I'm thinking, I wonder if I should try stand-up. Like, I suddenly felt like, really confident. Like, I think I might try stand-up because I'm absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I think here is my place. But everyone's supportive and they were like, it's like that... Like, woo, we did it. And, yeah. like, rather than there was a lot going, yeah, 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 no, 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 it's all right. Yeah, no, I'm pretty chuffed with that, I'm pretty chuffed. <laughs> so we had to, like, really find this, like, yeah. And, oh, oh awful, <laughs> awful. It's the point where I think I will probably cut out of that scene. And I think it was me that, like, had the breakthrough. And I just kind of went, hmm, like a kind of flop arm punch. I just couldn't do it. Because I'm just too, I just find that kind of, Fakeness really difficult. Not, it, not that that's fake in Americans. I'm saying when you have to. But if you set, can't do it, you're judging yourself. Going, this is a bit. When you I have feel to manufacture the laugh, or yeah. you have to manufacture the like, yeah, which is our job. So I should be able to do it, but I just really struggle with that one. I know, but can't do everything. So point. don't write anything that has lots of <laughs> laughing in, and then cast me. <laughs> Do you get to have a break now? Yeah, I've got a bit of a break, but it's quite full on. Like the press is quite full on. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry to add to that. We don't. Yeah, no, it's not press are, are even you, though. It's not even press. I usually, do, I usually don't talk about jobs on this. Oh, podcast. Do, yeah, sorry. Right. Really. No, no, no. It's fine. But I'm making an exception. But I think it's really important because it's something very, very different to what you've been oh, doing. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm being. I'm just being. Serious. All it is is with this is that it's kind of like it's like a bit of a moment in it, and also I'm on my press junket tour, so I'm kind of. 
you um, in that wave, everything comes back to it at the moment. Mm. If I come back on the show in like two years, talk about loads of other stuff. But is it nice not to talk about it for a bit? Because you kind of need a break, don't you? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you know, it's not, it's you, it's like a slightly defining moment in my career, but it's not like, it's not um, a slightly one. It, It is a massive moment in my career, obviously. But I suppose in, it's not like I came home and all my mates went, Oh, nice to meet you. It's like you are you. Yeah, And exactly. that bit's like a, that bit that happens at work. Yeah. But you are still you to everyone else and and I'm still incredibly irritated. And I mean, <laughs> just because other people let me get away with certain things, the other people in my life still don't, which really annoys me. I think now I'm a VIP. They'd let me, <laughs> let me be a bit more. It's like, oh, you so need it. I know. I've got really bad paranoia. I've got really bad paranoia and it really annoys me if you get a blue listen on a WhatsApp and no response. I know you've listened to it. It's got a, it's got a blue microphone. You've listened. I'm waiting. I did it. I had to do it earlier. I was like, babe, are you annoyed? Babe. Are you annoyed? And then left it. She checked it, then sent a message in the group WhatsApp we're in and didn't reply to that, so I just rang she online, so I rang WhatsApp. And I was like, baby, didn't reply. And she was, this is one of my mates, up north. And she was like, how are writing the answer in the group WhatsApp to the question that I'm organising? Like, I was like, okay, but are you annoyed? No. I've got to go. What about when you type something and then you see at the top that the typing, or there's like little bubbles, you go, oh, the typing response... Then all of a sudden, the response never come. They go, oh, they, so they wrote it. And then didn't send it. And then didn't send it. So what, what, what does that I know. mean? My, my sister-in-law finds me exhausting. And yesterday I got a, a WhatsApp back that just said, that's a minute and 55 seconds I will never get back. <laughs> and she didn't answer the question. She didn't answer the question. Therefore, I had to send another WhatsApp <laughs> With the same question. And then, all as I was recording, she was going, oh, voice recording, voice recording, because she could see voice recording. She was just typing that, typing it. Just stop recording. Like, uh, I've got an actual job. I'm a grown-up. I work. <laughs> it's like, I know. But, so anyway, at the end of this, because that's my favourite thing, is to chit-chat, chit-chat, and ask a question at the end, and then be like, you didn't even listen to the entire message, because there was a question at the end. <laughs> Jodie, I've loved talking to you. This has been brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on. No worries. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, no, I really did, but edit edit me nicely. Well, I hope that didn't disappoint. It certainly didn't disappoint me. Um, I loved spending time with Jodie. Um, She's proper. She... She's honest and she knows her roots. And more importantly, regardless of being the brilliant actor that she is and the weight that's probably on her shoulders right now, which didn't show, by the way, at all, she knows who she is. Uh, She seems really proud of who she is. And it's lovely. It's lovely to spend time with her. She's great crack. Um, I'd happily have another episode with her. I'll just go out for a pint with her. She, she's the type of girl who's got, let's go out for a pint. She's brilliant. Um, so, Jodie, thank you so much for spending time because I know you were talking to so many journalists and they're probably asking questions about the female Doctor Who and those redundant, boring questions, hopefully, 
none of that came up in our conversation. I don't think it did. Um, I loved it and I hope you loved it too. So thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. And now look, if this is your first journey, journey, is that right? If this is the first episode you've listened to with the Two Shot Podcast, um, go back through the back catalogue. There's loads of amazing and interesting people. Um, some you know, some you don't. You might know Vicky McClaw. Do you know Susan Wacoma? Do you know Michael Balligan? Steve Everts? Uh, Susan Lynch? Amanda Abington? To name but a very, very small handful of amazing people that we talk to week in, week out. Um, speaking of week in, week out, next week, right, we are doing um, two episodes in one week. Okay, so we're going to do an episode Tuesday and then episode Thursday. I'm going to tell you right now, if you've been watching a BBC show called Wonderlust with Steve McIntosh and Tony Collette, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And why is it so brilliant? It, it, look, it's acted fantastically well. Uh, it's directed with subtlety and humour and in a very unpatronising way, okay? Very important. But it all started off with one man, and he's called Nick Payne. He's the creator, he's the writer. You might know him from some brilliant plays that he's done. But he's on on Tuesday, and we get down to brass tacks. Because it's funny, the show's been received in a a very mixed way. Is it mixed way the right way? Some people have really loved it and I'm firmly in that camp and some people have really loathed it but we need to talk about why they've loathed it and why loving something and loathing something is actually a positive thing so we talk about that it's a brilliant episode so if you're thinking about writing or you think about writing or anything like that, or you just want a good conversation, that's what it's all about. Tuesday, Nick Payne, it's going to be a banger. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to let you know who's on Thursday. And if it's who I think it is, it's probably very, very, very not safe for work. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care. I'll see you Tuesday for a change. See ya. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.